Hey friends, welcome to the brand new Rutgers Chi Alpha podcast. Here's a small recording from our recent Monday Night Live meeting. Hope you enjoy. So I'm Brian Adams and I, I have literally the best job in the world. I get to hang out with Rutgers students and I helped pioneer, um, re-pioneer Chi Alpha about six, seven years ago. And also I'm helped with the absolutely amazing and phenomenal Linz, uh, Elizabeth Reynas, who graduated from Rutgers back in 2019 with a degree in mechanical engineering. She led worship tonight and she is a missionary associates full-time hanging out uh, with Chi Alpha and helping building this ministry to reach uh, Rutgers University along, ago, along with Lindsay and Shravia, which both graduated also in 2020. So just a little bit about us, and we're normally not on Zoom, but if you've never been to Rutgers in person, we would probably be meeting tonight in the Bush Student Center in a room called um, The Cove, which is just a big giant glass room and with a full band and we'd be having fun and food and stuff like that. So we're looking forward to going back in person because I really miss, you know, seeing everybody and hanging out in Starbucks and all these things. I'm sure you guys do too. And also congratulations for um, so many of us that are graduating in 2021. This is your last couple of months in Kita. Is there any tears or anything? Any, any sadness? Like I ran out of tears. Ran out of tears. I I get it. Like oh, this is going to be nuts. But um, that so this is some people's last semester, and it's going to be really really sad. But it's this is going to be a the, a great couple of months. So um, along with along with me, I grew up in New Jersey. This is this is my this is my home state. I'm a Rutgers football fan, Rutgers basketball fan, and really everything Rutgers fan. Um, and, uh, we're, we're just really excited to see what God's going to do, but I'll tell you, just to be honest with you, um, I want change. I don't know if any of you want change. You probably want, you know, change from all this zoom, but I am really desperate for change. When the ball dropped in 2020, there was, I don't know if you ever saw, saw that there was nobody there. I think it was like a couple of people. It was crazy, craziest thing. I did not cry when 2002 just you know finished away i'm i'm done with 2020 for sure but you know i'm desperate for change really and that that word we just came to me the other, the other day i was thinking about this is that um desperate really causes us to do some crazy things i mean sometimes when we really get desperate we go to the last resort to make something happen like whatever it takes when I was in college, just a couple of years ago, I was in love. Um, well, actually, probably I'm still in love. I'm still in love, but I drove through a blizzard to see my fiance, to see Michelle. I mean, there was so much snow. I was on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. You could not see anything other than this maybe one other truck. Couldn't see the road sliding all over. I almost, I almost died. But yeah, I was desperate to see. I was desperate to see Michelle. So I drove in a, in a blizzard this year. Um, I remember when I was, after I got engaged and I, I lived through that drive, I worked all um, summer to pay for an engagement ring, you know, and then hung out at night and um, 
I was working at, at on a golf course, mowing the lawn on a golf course. So during the day, I would fall asleep on a tractor. And one time I drove into the lake because I fell asleep. The other time I drove into a tree, all because I was working all day during the day. And then I hang out with her, you know, every night. But I was I was desperate. I, I didn't want to not see her at night, you know, just because just I was I was in love. And if you ask if you know Josh Morales, he may be marrying a girl that he met met during a Kyle mission trip a couple of years ago. Maybe. So you may want to check check with them because I do have permission to make that announcement that there is an upcoming wedding with uh, Josh and Hannah that's happening. So yippee! The other thing that I did is when I was desperate, I, I des we, we were going through this time where we really needed money just to just to eat, not really that important, but I got this job as working on my friend's lobster boat. And part of it, I had to stick my hand into this big bucket of rotted fish flesh. I mean, it was like death smell. I mean, it was it was horrible. But when you're I mean, when you're when you're desperate, you know, you, you got to do you got to do some things, you know, and I'm feeling desperate now. It's it, it's different than I have a Chick-fil-A desperate. I don't know if I don't know if you know what that is. One time that happened, I was driving my car down to Florida hungry and I saw that sign on the road, you know, for Chick-fil-A. So five miles so I drove, turned around the highway on 95, drove five miles off the road, making a couple of turns, several turns. And I arrived in a in an empty parking lot because it's Sunday. It's Sunday. So that desperate was was really kind of unfulfilled. Uh, I don't know if you've ever locked down everything because you needed to cram. Of course we have, you know, and study or pass a class sleeping, you know, becomes not necessary because you're desperate to pass the class or showering sometimes is not necessary. Well, especially now on Zoom. I mean, who really knows, but you know, hey, or, you know, you got to pass the MCATs you need to take this class. So you stay up later to register. You know, some of you have done Black Friday shopping. You wait in line, you know, early in the morning or now nobody does that because everybody's, you know, shopping online. But, you know, waiting in line for a concert, you know, for tickets for a concert, you know, desperate, desperate sometimes doesn't really feel good. But really, it's the stuff that that miracles um, begin to happen. There's this guy, uh, i tell you a story uh, by the name of Henry uh, Box Brown. I don't know, Brian, you, Korean, you got to know about this guy. This is history. This is all up your, all up your alley. But his wife and his children were sold into um, slavery. They were sold and shipped away to another state around 1848. Um, we'll just call him Box. Box was from Virginia, and he decided that he was, you know, really desperate to escape slavery no matter what. So with the help of some uh, free black and white, a black and white uh, storekeeper, he he got this great idea that he was going to ship himself, ship himself from Richmond to Philadelphia in this wooden crate, right? So March 23rd, 1849, Brown wedged himself into a three by two foot box labeled dry goods and he settled in for a for a journey by wagon um steam coat steamboat 
and railroad to the home of this abolitionist by the name of James Miller McKim. So he only had a couple of um, rolls, biscuits. I don't know if they were the biscuits from Chick-fil-A, probably not because it didn't exist, but, and some water as supplies. And during one leg of the trip, he's on this ship, some guys uh, turned the box upside down and used it as a, um, they, just, they just turned it upside down because it was in the way or something like that. So he is sit, he is on top of his head upside down. And he said it's like his eyeballs were swelling, like they were bursting out of his, out of his sockets. And he nearly passed out before two guys came along and ate lunch and then flipped it over and they sat on top of the, sat on top of the box. For 27 hours, this guy went, went through all this, you know? I mean, desperate sometimes that we have to do some desperate things to see change happen in our lives. You know, the, the other thing that was with uh, a lady by Aramanita Ross, I don't know if you have heard her name, her original name, her name that we probably all know is Harriet Tubman. And I watched the movie Harriet just a couple of months ago. I mean, phenomenal, unbelievable story of the Underground Railroad. And I mean, Harriet really being desperate to see something change and to help people change the trajectory of a lot of people's, a lot of people's lives. And I think that sometimes times of desperation are, are good for us. You know, it doesn't maybe feel that way when we're going through it, but we can, we can feel lonely and, and depressed and frustrated and hopeless, lost sometimes, a deep insecurity about ourselves and our future. And, you know, when I'm desperate, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do anything. But mostly, really, after I've ignored all of the obvious that needs to be done and the easiest thing, you know, then I'll do, then I'll do something, then I'll be willing to do anything. But when I'm desperate, almost, you know, nothing will get in my way. I, I mean, I'll even, I'll even go to the gym. So recently, just this past, just this past week, I was, um, I was really feeling really frustrated. I was really feeling very desperate. I was really feeling very lonely, almost really depressed. And in desperation, I laid out all the things that were bothering me uh, before the Lord. Um, everything that was not right, everything that I was fearful about, um, everything that I was frustrated about, really. The things I was depressed with, um, myself, future, failure, things shameful, things most from the most insignificant to the really big, including this thing that we, you know, we all got, this COVID fever or Zoom fever. And I asked the Holy Spirit to help me reveal stuff to me in case I, I missed anything and I, that, I, that I may want to overlook. And what resulted was about three pages of stuff that I wrote down and just laid it out all before the Lord. The really good news is, is that no matter how we feel and what we're going through, is that Jesus knows it all. We, now, we like to think, I like to think that only we do, and I could try to handle it by myself or ourselves, but usually isolation is what makes things worse, is being disconnected. And Sheila talked about how it was good to be connected with, with other people and how, how much it helps, and it does. And this is where um, I think genuine salvation happens when we realize that our own goodness um, meaninglessness really 
is not enough and we need and we need help we desperately need jesus to be the lord of our lives you know repenting of our sin and uh, even the ones that we've neglected we've ignored in our hearts and where we say i need you jesus i need you jesus in my heart i need you in the in the center of my life and i was crying out to that to the lord and i i can say i can say this and can i say this i need jesus i desperately need jesus there really is not a day or a moment where that's not true regardless of how i feel it's still true the the plan of salvation is this is that jesus my life without you is in trouble and i need your forgiveness i need your salvation i can't do it alone come and take over not in the passenger seat where i'm making all the decisions but in the driver's seat you know let's consider it have we and have you given control over our lives to jesus or we have taken back control and you know what that's not really in, in my life i don't think i don't think it's a one-time decision i think i have to continually get myself out of the driver's seat and stop making all my own decisions and asking god to be lord and to take control take control of my life and so i was laying this all out to the lord i felt like the holy spirit asked me this brian are you really desperate the life best stories have a moment of desperation a moment when we have um nowhere to turn yet we somehow find a way then we open our bibles and we see that it's no different i mean really the best stories of salvation are born out of utter desperation you got Noah, the Israelites, David, Peter, Peter thinking he was going to, he was going to drown in a storm and he freaked out by Jesus, you know, but within scripture, it, it isn't the show really when we look through the Bible, our cleverness or our, really our wit or our strength of, you know, human character, but to show the power and the glory and the, the abundant grace of God when we're going through difficult times. I mean, the Bible constantly highlights the helpless, really. And in doing so, I think shows the absolute dependency that we have on God for our own salvation and for our own sustenance. And this is seen, it's within the greatest example of Jesus Christ. Within Jesus's ministry, most desperate people came to him. Those were demon possessed, lepers, blind, lame, the guilty, those with bad jobs and even. They came to Jesus many times that when I look through the, read the Bibles, not always the first choice, but as the last resort. They have nowhere else to turn and nowhere left to go. No one else can heal. No one else can help even, and no one else can save. Well, I'd like to think that Jesus would be our first choice, first choice. but the truth is, is that many times it's, it's, it's not mine when I'm going through a difficult time. Often he isn't. In times of tragedy, I think sometimes we look to every other option but finally and then we, we we return to the lord i know my niece um began drugs as a teenager 13 years old and ended up homeless prostituting herself on the streets of atlantic city and after several rehab uh failed rehab attempts you know what then but that's okay because you know why the lord only saves desperate people when we're really, when we need him. When we realize that we have nowhere else to learn, to turn to, 
no hope in anyone or anything else. We come to Jesus, not because it's convenient, because it's necessary. Jesus is necessary to our lives. The disciples recognized that there was no one else, nothing else but Jesus. I mean, people who are disillusioned by their own ability and power simply to reach out to Christ in a desperate cry of salvation, Lord, save me. I need you, Jesus. This has been my constant prayer recently. It was um, Luke 5, verses 17 to 20, um, tells the story of, of that paralytic, that um, there were some, some guys who had been carrying this paralytic and um, and he was he was he was sick for a really long time, and they and they took him and they took him to the Lord to heal. And they get to the they get to the house where where Jesus is, and the place is overfilled. And there's no place to get him, so they carried him up to the roof and started ripping all the roof tiles off, and you know just like digging this hole, you know probably a chainsaw, like you know trying to get this man or lowering this guy down to the middle. I mean that's desperate. I mean this guy needed to be healed, and there was no other solution. And they brought him before Jesus and they laid him, but they couldn't find any other way, way in. And the Bible says is that when Jesus saw him and what was going on in the faith of those people, he said, he said, this man is healed. Is that, you know, he said his sins were forgiven. And immediately this man um, rose up before him and began walking around and, glorify, and glorifying, uh, glorifying the Lord. You know, what I really want, to be honest with you, and what I really desperately need are friends like that. That's an authentic Christian community. What Sheila was talking about a little earlier, that when we have a need, when we have problems, that there's gonna be others that are gonna help us take us to the solution of where that need can be met. So when I was, to wrap this up, when I was you know laying before the Lord and asking God to help me, um, I felt like the Holy Spirit asked me this. He goes, am I the most important? Are, are you, are, am I really desperate? The Holy Spirit reminded me of this, of Matthew 6.33. said this, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. That word first seeks out to me because it's not forgetting that I had three pages of stuff and you know, maybe not in, a, in a, not in a legalistic way of like, you know, first when I first opened my eyes, but first, like those things that happen each day, no matter what. I mean, we know these things, you know, unfinished Netflix series, one more game. But for me, I, you know, I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying to me, first, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, meaning it happens no matter what. Finding about who God is and what God is called me to do in his word and reading it like Joshua said in Joshua 1 8 says that he says do not let this book of the Paul law depart from your mouth but meditate on it day and night so that you may know and careful to do everything according to what is written in it and that you then you will be prosperous and successful so that meant for me seeing that my quiet time and my devotional time just to be with Jesus and have for God to have time to speak to me is a priority. It needs to happen only because I am desperate. I'm desperate for the Lord. Some of us, we can start simple by either five minutes of worship or five minutes reading a chapter and then 
you know, five minutes praying, first 15. But and as time grows, there can be no limits to the time that we spend for the Lord. A couple of things this. First means, for me, as I was thinking, is that I listen to what Jesus says more than everybody else. And lately, there has been a lot of people talking about a lot of stuff. And that means, for me, less Reddit and less, less scrolling through other people's opinions. It says, and for us, and also this, to not to be someone who uh, listens to the crowd, but misses what God is saying. I wanna listen to what God is saying. There is so much noise and there's not enough voice. There's not enough sound from the Lord. The other thing is this, holding our minds in a state of, well, undistracted attention. I've stopped uh, several things that were distracting my focus. I deleted apps and other things. And the other thing, and the last thing is this, is knowing who you are is vastly more important than knowing where you're going. Knowing who I am. Who am I? I am a child of Christ. I am a, I am a son of God and he loves me and he, and he cares for me. This, um, one of these songs that we've heard so much is, you know, I need you more. Lord, I, I need you more than yesterday. I need you, I need you more. Um, more than the next heartbeat, more than anything. Lord, as time goes by, I'll be by your side because I never want to go back to my old life. I need you more. You know, if, if anything, I, I feel like pandemic has bred apathy and boring days. But that, but what it encourages with this is that I found this to be true. But being with Jesus breeds passion. Matthew 5, 6, 5, 6 says, Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Philippians 4, 19 and 20 says, And my gods will supply all, every need according to his riches in Christ that belongs to us. And I mean, from Psalm to Hebrews, that's, that's, that's that sound of, Lord, I need you. Psalm 42, 1 and 2 says, As the deer pants for, for flowing streams, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for you. So this question, can we personally, and can we be a, a community of people that are desperate for Jesus, desperate for his presence, desperate for his power, desperate for an authentic, real relationship. And what would happen and change if we became more like that? And what's stopping us from doing it? I want to be passionate for Jesus. I want to be desperate for God. Why? Because so many people around me need to see that fire and that hunger from the, for the Lord coming from my life. If you're encouraged by this message, be sure to follow us on Spotify and share it with your friends. We truly want to see the name of Jesus lifted at Rutgers. To learn more about Chi Alpha, including our gathering times and weekly life groups, visit us online at RutgersChiAlpha.com or hit us up on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks again for listening and have a blessed day.